It's Zach and Lee Chi Chi. I'm so popular and I'm here with one of my best friends in the entire world. Who are you? Hi, my name is Gustav. I'm 31 years old. <laughs> um, yep. Yes. My father is Japanese. My mom is German. I was born in Brazil. And <laughs> I've been to school in Japan since grade six. This, this is a great introduction. Um, who, what are you doing? What am I doing for a living, you mean? Yeah, sure. Nowadays, I work in a bar. I just completed one year working in a Japanese bar. Uh-huh. In which I have to speak Japanese every day, which is not my favorite thing to do, even though I'm fluent. Yeah, but, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> and why are we friends? We are friends because at the time, we, you know, we had this mutual friend. Uh, yes, our good friend Kitagawa Kana. Kitagawa Kana, Nippon Nobunka. Yes. <laughs> and she told you, she met you first, I guess. And then she was like, oh, anyway, you can explain that they're better yeah. than me. But basically, I was doing drag in Nagoya, mm-hmm. in this gay club. And that's the first time I met you. I was in drag when I met you the first time. That's right. So yeah. my friend Kanan... Um, I met her for the first time when I was just drinking and partying in Nagoya with some Filipinos, and uh, they happened to know Kanan, like, by circumstance. And they messaged her, and she happened to be out in Nagoya. We couldn't meet her at the same club, so I ran into her on the street. And she has since, from that moment, when we ran into each other on, like, the curbside, (laughs) by, like, fucking Shinsakai, Mm -hmm. like, we have been very dear friends. Mm -hmm. And she said, hey... Let's go to this gay party, which mm-hmm. I had already known about before I came to Japan. I think Metro is the most famous gay club in Nagoya. I think it is the most famous gay party in Nagoya. Gay club, yeah. right? Maybe yeah. there's like more famous bars and kind of stuff, but... But no, I think that especially... For foreigners, yeah. I think Metro is the most famous. Yes. So she brought me there. I had known about it before, but I hadn't been yet. And she took me. And that is where I met... You, yes. Lord of the Palm, Gustav. Yes. And um, you were wearing the skinniest blonde wig I've ever seen. It was as thin as a sheet of paper. Bitch, it was actually pink. Is that true? Very light pink. Yeah, I still have that wig. Can I borrow it? <laughs> I forgive it? you. I forgive you. <laughs> yeah. And a flannel and like a little like you were wearing denim shirts and fishnets. No, I was... Re- oh, no, my God. You got everything wrong. I got everything right. Prove I was wrong. wearing, like, leather hot pants. <laughs> okay. Fishnets. Uh-huh. Boots. Uh-huh. And, yes, I was wearing flannels. <laughs> I, the flannel is the most important part to me. It was my grungy, you know, moment. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. from then, I met you, loved you. We had a very long conversation on the train home. Mm-hmm. The next party I invited you to, we had a threesome. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. And it then, wasn't planned, but it, it, it happened. Did, it did happen. Yeah. And then I became... No not regrets. Your, not your drag daughter, but I did become... Um, I, I, don't, I don't even know if drag family is right, but you and me... We are together. Yes. Yes. We are so together in my drag because Mm -hmm. I barely knew shit when I started in Japan. I didn't know how to put my eyeliner on. I didn't know how to put my lashes on. How long did you do drag back in America? I did two shows. Two shows? I did um, my university show and I did one at my house. By the time I met you, I think it was like my fifth show or something like that. 
Is that it? Yeah. But to me, you were already such a seasoned queen. I've been to that club many times. Yeah, so you'd seen all the shows. I've seen lots of shows, and I've I was always on stage because you know me when I get drunk, right? Yeah, when she gets drunk, she wants to throw her wig around. Like, she wants to get up there and flash that wig like there's no tomorrow. Yes. So I was, you know, already familiar with being on stage. And, you know, I love attention, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, it was like my fifth show or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I met you there, and mm-hmm. uh, we became friends thereafter, and I started performing in drag at Metro, mm-hmm. and literally every single time I needed someone to put my lashes on, mm-hmm. someone to make sure my eyeliner was even, someone to draw my entire lipstick on. I think, you know, one of... I really enjoy the backstage. I do, too. I really enjoy, like... No, me, too. Yeah. No, I love the backstage. Mm-hmm. I love getting ready with the girls. I love the chit-chat. I love the drama and mm-hmm. the problem. And, you know, our good girl, Miku, she mm-hmm. always... I don't know what it is, but, like, some magic curse comes over her, and she immediately just starts saying shit about everyone. <laughs> she just spills the literal tea. Yeah. I love the backstage. And, you know, um, when you got your drag daughter, Maya, who yeah. I love dearly, mm-hmm. I was so sad because there was no time for me to put my eyelashes on anymore. I still did your lashes several yeah. times. Two times. It was two. Okay, so the thing is, I I did drag for a whole year. <laughs> and then after that, I changed my job. Uh-huh. And then I started working at the bar I, at the, that I work right now. And I just don't have, you know, I can't take, like... The time. Yeah, I don't have time Yeah. anymore. So I don't do it as much as I used to, but I did last month. And it was amazing. Yeah, and me, did you do, um, did you put your face on backstage again? Yes. Oh, so I'm so jealous. See, Metro, where we both do our showtimes, is like my home club. It's like, it is where I really, truly became a drag queen. It, it is that girl. It's that moment. And since then, I've started working at the bar. I've worked at Honey Dip. I've done other, you know, events in Naglia and stuff. But to me, Metro is always going to be, like, the place where I started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I and mean, to me, it's the same, so. I, and I have all these emotions attached to it where it's like, I can recall every single moment of you helping me put my lashes on or with Miku being like, did you put contour on when I already thought it was done, <laughs> you know? And Metro made me, let, Metro literally like made like Langley Chi Chi as the uh-huh. product that she is now. Uh-huh. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the reason I brought you on the podcast today. Why did you brought me to your broad? I mean, why did I brought you to your broad? To to the podcast. (laughs) Tell me. I want to know. Well, it's because recently I've kind of had like a a renaissance with my podcast. And when I started it, it was kind of. The vision was that I wanted to talk to a different friend about whatever I wanted to chat about that yeah. week. And um, it was kind of the podcast from the end of the world. And mm-hmm. I could just talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. And the end of the world, every single day becomes clearer to me. Mm-hmm. But what becomes even more significantly clear mm-hmm. is that I'm a gay drag queen. Like, I'm a gay man who is a drag queen. Yes. And 
I think that the art form of gayness and homosexuality is mm-hmm. becoming very radically reduced. It's it's becoming very quiet. I think that people do not quite understand drag queens and gay men in the same so? way. So my mission with this podcast is to present my vision okay. of drag queens and okay. of gay men and to show it, feature it, and bring people on who can contribute to that emotion. And I think I can contribute to that emotion. Okay. Well, let's get straight because <laughs> Gustav, I have seen her without a wig less times than I have seen her in a wig. That's correct. Yeah. Um, you have formerly had sex with a member of the I'm So Popular guests. That's correct. Yeah. (laughs) We won't say who. You can all comb through the archives and try to guess who it is. Um, we were in a threesome. (laughs) But whenever I'm with you, I feel like we are in our faggot gay moment. Like, right. The only time that we've ever fought, the one time, we've only fought one time, and it was because you wanted to come to my house, and I was trying to give a blowjob to some random... Who was it? Oh, I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was that guy. Yeah, I wanted to give him a blowjob, and then I knew you would spoil it if you came back for me. And then, lest you argued with me... And said, no, I have to come home. I, qu- I left my job so I could go party with you. And then I brought you all back and you immediately told this heterosexual man that I'm a drag queen. What, what were you thinking? You spoiled. I told you immediately when you were arguing with me that I was like, and I knew that you were going to fuck things up for me by mentioning that I'm a crossdresser. And then what did you do? You went and told him I'm a crossdresser. Okay, I don't recall that night so much because I think I was very <laughs> drunk. But in my defense, I think the reason why I brought it up is because maybe he... It was also the first time I, I seen him. The first time you right? met him, yeah. So maybe he asked me, why are we friends and how do we know each other? Mm-hmm. And then probably I, I told him that, you know, because we do drag. So, yeah. I know, but I think that's not true. I think that's what your memory wants to tell you, but I think it's <laughs> deeply <laughs> untrue. Yeah. No, 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 but I really think that was the case. I mean, I don't usually cock block people, so... Yeah, th- that's true. I mean, the only thing you have given me, honestly, is cock, so... Right. Yeah, on many occasions. Uh-huh. You have a big dick. I... <laughs> 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 what are we talking about? Uh, I'm talking about um when I literally saw your full semi-erect penis exposed. Yes. Yeah, it was... It was... She was serving. Yeah, I have, you know, something. She's got some life. meat. Yeah. Um, so let's get into today's topic. Yes. <laughs> um, so both of us are maybe Caucasian people. Maybe not. I'm half Caucasian because my mom is German and she's blonde. Yeah. So we kind of may appear Caucasian, but both of us live in Japan. Yes. So I kind of want to talk about the country of Japan in general. Okay. So... Japan is a country that has a lot of mythos behind mm-hmm. it in America. In at least the States and mostly Western countries in general, I think people have a very strong image of what Japan is. Mm-hmm. And that image is anime, yeah. sushi, mm-hmm. kimono, mm-hmm. kyoto, jinja. It's like... All of the cliche stuff you would expect from a country. Like, if someone was describing the same thing for an America, they'd be like, 
the Mount Rushmore. You don't know what that is? No, but I think if you tell me America, I will, what would like? Okay, well, Mount Rushmore is a is a large mountain that has a lot is of the presidents. Car- no. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Has a oh, lot of presidents' cute, faces cute. carved. Yeah, 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 I think it's cute. And then cheeseburgers. Burgers in general. Yeah, burgers, and then obesity. Fat I don't want to be mean or anything, but yeah. But by all means, I mean, whenever I'm in drag and I ask people like, "Hey, what country do you think I'm from?" The first thing they say is, oh, half of this god. They think I'm like half Japanese, mm-hmm. half something else. And then I say, no. And then they think Russian. Because you they think do I'm have too... a, a Russian vibe in drag. Well, if you're having a blonde wig, uh-huh. let's say, you know, you're very pale and <laughs> tall. You look like a Russian girl. Well, I thought it was because I'm pretty skinny. and That as well. Yeah, know, Japanese people they're... don't think that Americans can ever be skinny. Yeah, oh yeah, there is, you know, yeah, junk food. And cheap, you know, food is cheap in America, right? Like the bad food. Not bad food, but like... You know, the bad food. food is correct. The bad food is cheap. Yeah, yeah. but so. in any case, I, I I would like to talk to you... Oh yeah, we're not talking about America. About <clears throat> Japan. Yes. So, um, how did you get here? Because everyone already knows how I got here. Is I came here to work. Mm-hmm. I've been working here for about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. That's it. But okay. I, I chose to come here. Yeah. How did you get here? <clears throat> so, my father is Japanese. Mm-hmm. And he decided one day that we will have to come to, Brazil, uh, to Japan. Because I was born in Brazil. Yeah. And... Uh, it was a very bad crisis at the moment in Brazil. I mean, it's still in crisis. I mean, there's honest. a lot of crises in Brazil <laughs> yeah. between Glenn Greenwald and everything yeah. else. So. so it was the situation in Brazil was not cute. Uh huh. And then my father decided to come to Japan because we do have relatives here, and you know, he, he was decided. born here, right? No, no, no. He was actually born in Brazil. Damn. Okay, so this is you know this is on the fifties. Wow. Yeah. So, like, right after World War Two. My father, yeah. He was born in 1950s. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> in 1950s. His father was already living in Japan because... Uh, living in Brazil because he had lands in Brazil. Mm-hmm. That's the same story with my mother, actually. Okay. She was born in Brazil, but... Both my father and my mother, they were raised as... My father was raised as Japanese until he realized that he was not in Japan. Yeah. Don't you think that's crazy? I mean, it's it's his pretty first bizarre. language was Japanese. Japanese. Damn. Yeah. I would have never guessed because you know I I know your dad, and um, every time I talk to him in Japanese, I feel very stilted. I feel like if I could speak Portuguese, it'd be much easier mm-hmm. with him. And it was the same with my mom. Like she was raised in Brazil, and and then until a certain age. And I'm talking about, like, you know, those times that, like, it wasn't okay. It wasn't cute for girls to actually study. Yeah. But, like, she did went to school. And then she realized that she was not in Germany. <laughs> because she was born in a place that only, like, you know, German people. And they speak in German all the time. And the same with my father. Yeah. So, yeah. And then... The economic problem happened. The economic problem happened. And then my father was like, okay, my father has been to Japan before. Mm-hmm. I think it was 1997. One time. Yeah, one time. He when spent, I was like, one years old, your your oh father God. had come to Japan a single time. Don't make me sound that old. I'm 31, by you, the way. You're ancient. Yes, I'm, I invented Obacha. Japan. You invented Obacha. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so due to the situation, in, the economic situation in Brazil, we decided to take a chance and come to Japan. Yeah. That's what we did. And the initial plan was actually to stay here for two years. Right. But, the, but as things have come to term 
we just stayed. Yeah, you you, know? you just stayed. Mm-hmm. We just decided to stay, and here I am, 20 years after. Yeah, and so meanwhile, I came here to do a job, and I thought I would stay here for two years, and then decided that perhaps I'd like to stay here longer, but you were dragged here when you were like 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I was literally dragged here. It wasn't a choice. Yeah. So, I, you know, when you're a kid, you just have to go with whenever your parents decide, right? Right. So, yeah. And you don't I, have a choice, so. I thought, okay, two years, I can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then you went to school here. Yes. You got exposed to the language. You got, like, forced to speak it. And now here you are in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Was it difficult? Yeah, when I... I know, you know, I'm a kid. And I I believe that kids learn faster. Mm -hmm. So I was, like, 10, 11 years old. So when I entered the Japanese school, I was, like, no job. I couldn't speak any Japanese at all. Maybe some words. And... But I couldn't make a conversation. And you know me. I, I love talking. I, You know, I just have to talk all the fucking time or I'm going to have a seizure and die. Yeah, because she's a Libra. Yeah. And yeah, like I was exposed to a situation in which I had to learn. Right. I had no other choice <laughs> because I ha- didn't have any, like, you know, Brazilian friends living yeah. around me or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, because you're in the Inaka, the countryside. Yes, I was in the countryside. And that's, like, 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> oh, it must have been even way worse then. I really think so. Like, Britney Spears was barely, like, around. She had two <laughs> albums at that point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, I was forced to learn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did it, and within, like, three months, I was already, like, being able... Maybe earlier than that, I was already, you know, able to have conversations with people, like, my age. Yeah. Well, and th- that's kind of how I felt when I got here, because mm-hmm. I um, I came to Japan knowing that I was not going to be probably speaking a lot of English, but I, mm-hmm. I had only taken a year of mm-hmm. uh, language studies in my uh, college yeah. the rest of the time I was studying Swahili mm-hmm. so when I came here I had like the most basic Nihongo education mm-hmm. but because I, the environment where we live now is very low English I was kind of like True. I mean it's definitely higher in comparison to some like truly countryside places mm-hmm. but at the same time it is very deeply low yeah yeah, yeah. So I was thrust into an environment where I had to speak Japanese at work every mm-hmm. day. And I had to figure out what to say, what mm-hmm. I mean, what people are saying. <clears throat> and when you get, like, shoved into a situation like that, you just end up speaking the language mm-hmm. after. And my <clears throat> Japanese is still absolutely bullshit, you know. But I still feel like I can communicate and mm-hmm. chat in it whenever I want. Can I ask a question? Yeah. When did you realize that it will be impossible mm-hmm. for you to show your personality in Japanese? Yeah, because I think that both of us recognize that Japanese yeah. is very, 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 very different from yes. like, romance languages. Uh-huh. And I knew, I think, the first time it was possible when I was on a date with this guy named Teru. So you were already in Japan? Yeah. Okay. I was already here. Because I, I really hadn't even learned enough that I could mm-hmm. understand that it was beyond my capacity mm-hmm. at that point. But I met this guy, and we were having a discussion about Judaism, Jewishness, oh, okay. Ju- Jews. Mm-hmm. Yudaya. Yeah. So that was the man. Japanese term. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I um. I have Jewish family, but I don't do really. You? I do. Okay. My, um, I didn't know. My mother. Some people in my mother's family are okay. Jewish, and um, 
I was talking to this guy about the problem in Israel, mm-hmm. and he was like, well, which side do you support? And I was like, well, I mostly support Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, well, I feel like most Jewish people would not agree. And I was like, well, I actually am Jewish. And I realized I couldn't explain the detail and the precise emotion that I felt in that moment to, <clears throat> to precisely explain to him, like, mm-hmm. why I had... I was like, oh... I can never in Japanese, yeah, in exact language, talk about what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be a looser kind of circular discourse. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, you know, your personality is different when you're speaking in Japanese? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because when I speak Japanese, my um, especially when I'm working at the bar, mm-hmm. I, I understand that I'm a foreigner speaking Japanese. Mm-hmm. So there's always kind of a joke going on. There's mm-hmm. always kind of like a humor about it. Mm-hmm. So I have kind of learned how to adapt that humor mm-hmm. into my personality. Okay. And you're talking about just your drag persona or in general? In general. Okay. I mean, maybe less so at my day job mm-hmm. because I have to do like more like hands-on, like specific, like here's what we have to do to get this day done, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So in that setting, I have to speak like more plain Japanese. Mm-hmm. But when I'm like flirting with customers, I'm like mm-hmm. rubbing some straight man's chest, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of have to play with the element of my gaijin, mm-hmm. my, my foreigner mm-hmm. element. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the thing, the the point I really want to make about Japan is that in the states and in Ikirisu, in the UK and wherever, mm-hmm. people have a very strong image of what they think Japan is, mm-hmm. and what they think is a very stratified, mm-hmm. extremely polite society mm-hmm. where everybody picks garbage off the streets. Mm-hmm. Everyone only talks to each other in the most formal, polite terms. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you about what you think the general Japanese daily life is. I mean, <clears throat> what do I think? You know, to me, it's normal and it's hard to talk about something that it became very normal to you. Right. Since I've been living here for so long. But... Um, can you ask me again? Yeah. I will ask you again. Yeah. What 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 do you think it means to be like a Japanese someone living in Japan every day? Like what is their life like? What is their life? Yeah. It's a tough question, but you know, in America I can tell you it's that you wake up, you go to work. But when you wake up is very dependent on the time of day. You go to work, it sucks. You go home and you can do drugs. You can go smoke weed. You can mm-hmm. do whatever you want. You can be annoying on the internet and then you just go and continue to do that every day. So like what what is the kind of system that exists here? Well, I'm not Japanese. So I don't really know what goes Well, you are in a way maybe yes, yeah. but not really. I mean partially at least. Partially. Yeah. So, I mean, I got used to this lifestyle. Like, I've been working since I'm 15 years old. Mm-hmm. That's by my choice. I thought it would be the smartest idea. Yeah. You know, it's okay now. Kind of regret, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, I was exposed to that lifestyle too. Like, you know, waking up, going to work. And when I finish work, I'll get home. I'm talking about working like 10 to 12 hours a day. Got you. And then I'll just get home and like, you know, try to live my life. Yeah. Like, so much stress at work, so I wanted to do something that will, like, you know, please me. Yeah. Like, go out, 
and drink, maybe. Well, I think it's it's the same. I mean, you live a life that's very different from a normal Japanese person. Yeah. Because you work at a bar. Yeah. You know? And, um... No, yes. Yeah. But I think it, it is honestly kind of a similar situation for people who live, like, quote, traditional, <clears throat> unquote, Japanese lives, you know? Like, these salary men, they go to work at their miserable job every day. They suffer. They hate it. They go out of their shift mm-hmm. and then they immediately go drinking with their friends mm-hmm. they immediately go fuck someone off of the internet mm-hmm. they immediately just go do something they go to a mm-hmm. hostess bar you know and I'm, then they go home i think you know if it wasn't because of covid mm-hmm. i would have much more to say about it since especially because i'm working in a bar right so i'm i would be very exposed to that but since it's like covid so we don't have as much clients as probably you would normally have yeah. in a bar you know because i started and then covid started i yeah. started working at the bar and then covid started yeah. as well <laughs> so yeah but sometimes you do get like you know those clients that are like clearly you know uh salary men right and yeah they will you know come and talk about how miserable work is yep and stuff like that so those people just want attention so yeah yeah I have, Mm. Do you think that Japanese people are particularly like more lonely than people in other countries? I don't know if I have a word on that because I don't know how it is on other countries. Right, because you know you, I mean? you've been here for so yeah. long. Yeah, I guess I think that m- maybe it's true, but at the same time... It might be true, but there's more avenues for people to, like, get out of it and to do something else with it. Because if you're lonely in Japan, you can go pay 50 bucks and go hit on some 20-year-old, like, ugly girl at a hostess bar. Yeah. But if you're lonely in America, you just have to sit and smoke weed and be sad. Mm -hmm. So I think that there is that kind of difference there. But in any country, there's going to be loneliness Mm -hmm. and... I just, I think a lot of people have these perceptions about Japan where, like, the loneliness is so pronounced that it's, like, infected the cultural capital Mm -hmm. in such a severe way. But I honestly think it's the same anywhere. And so maybe in Japan, you can pay 50 bucks and go hang out with a hostess for Mm -hmm. five hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in America, you can just, like, go onto Tinder or Grindr or what have you and, like, look at the ads. And it's it's honestly the same amount of money being produced, you Mm -hmm. know? It, it there there's no difference really mm-hmm. yeah have you had a hard time in japan like being kind of a person who does not appear as a regular gender because you know anyone <clears throat> if someone saw you on the street right now in little miss madonna blonde wig they'd be like what is this yeah. you know okay so androgyny in general started in japan uh-huh you may know that I do. Right. Because, I mean, you know, even since the 50s, there have been, you know, drag queens or people adjacent to the drag movement who have been doing that kind of thing. Right. And And much more publicly than America. mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very common to see, you know, Japanese boys being very androgynous looking. Right. But they're Japanese. Yes. And to me, it's different because I have all the qualities for people to look at me and to question me. Yeah. I have tattoos all over my body. Yes. I have a beard, which is not very common in Japan. You no, can agree with that. Not at all. I am tall compared, you know, talking in Japanese, absolutely. you know, standards. Yeah. And I'm very feminine. So I have all the things. I think it's too much. For, 
<laughs> I actually think it's really too much, especially in the city we live in. Yeah. Right. So. Because well, I, you know, I get looks at me I'm, when I'm on the train, and I have short hair, and I dress like a boy most of the time. Most of the time, not when I'm working, but you know what I mean. I do get looks, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's in a very negative way. No, I don't feel bad and about it. If to be it honest. is, I really don't see it, and it it just doesn't bother me. Yeah. So I don't think I have a hard time looking the way I do. No, because I I don't feel bad about it either. Especially like. You know, I went on Sunday to go with my uh, boss at the bar. Yeah. And we walked around in Nagoya, and they were all wearing huge, obscene costumes. And I was mm-hmm. kind of wearing, like, normal girl drag, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nonetheless, we got a bunch of stares at us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I kind of get it because mm-hmm. it would be the same in America or anywhere else. Where there's a huge spectacle going on. Of course, you're going to want to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So... Even when I am presenting outside of the norm of what, you know, Japanese society is, Mm -hmm. I I honestly don't think that the reaction is that different than it would Mm -hmm. be almost anywhere else. I mean, I think the difference is you will never in Japan, Mm -hmm. at least where we live at, get insulted, verbally abused, or even beaten up for being feminine as a boy. Oh my God. Right? I, I mean, there's so little violence here. Yeah. You don't hear that. At all. No, because when I was growing up in middle school, I got, like, fucking shit thrown at me mm-hmm. all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And in Japan, if someone is, like, offended by your femininity, they're they're just going to leave you alone and go away and then talk shit about it to their friends. Yeah, maybe behind your back, but, you know, the people that, you know, actually, I'm aware that I look different and I'm aware about all the femininity and all these things yeah. around me. Yeah. About me. and But the feedback I get when people actually come to me and talk to me mm-hmm. is positive. Yeah. No, me too. Mm-hmm. I, I have the exact same experience. Because as soon as any Japanese person wants to talk to you about how you're different from them, mm-hmm. they're immediately riveted and very excited to mm-hmm. hear about it. But I'm aware that, like, you know, some people don't like it. Or just like I said, I, I, I'm aware I'm too much. Yeah. So to me, it's completely normal to put a face of makeup but this wig that I'm wearing right now, a pair of heels mm-hmm. now and wear a mask because of the circumstances now. Yeah. And then I go to places <laughs> and I know that people are very surprised because they don't, it's not, it, you know, it's something that they don't see every day. No, it really is not. And it does not bother me. And, um, you know, Japan is a difficult country to kind of reconcile with with difference because in yeah. America, the idea is that Mm-hmm. Every single person comes from a different country. Everyone's mm-hmm. heritage is different. Like no one is okay. exactly the same. Yeah. Everyone wins on their idiosyncrasies and their independence. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if that's true at the end of the day, but I I know that that's the foundational idea. Yeah. But in Japan, there's a lot more focus on collectivity. There's a lot more focus on working together as a huge group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you stand out from it, like both of us do, mm-hmm. it can kind of be a more extreme experience. But I've, I honestly have had very little problems with that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because the, the general consensus is that like, oh, we are one group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, we are one collective. So they, they see me being a faggot cross-dresser, like causing chaos in Nagoya. Or like, mm-hmm. for instance, the two of us, like, Walking home from Metro and drag and like yelling at people by the fountain. (laughs) (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about. At that moment, it's like 
they're not angry no. because you're different. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of still recognize you in the same mm-hmm. vein of human being, you yeah. know? That's true. That's yeah. true. So I kind of want to talk more about our experiences like as foreigners here and like get to touch on that. But before mm-hmm. I do, I kind of want to hear some good and bad points you have about Japan. Can I really talk about it? Yeah. Okay, so this is the thing. It's a very sensitive topic because sometimes when you talk about the negative, right, negative point of wherever you're living. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I think it's a we're good. Let's go. That was a thought topic just started playing on my laptop. Okay. For no Whenever you have something negative to say about the country or the place or the environment you're living at, yeah, people will automatically say, "Oh, okay, so then just leave." Right. If you have like you know, if it's such a problem to you, why don't you just move? Why mm-hmm. don't you go back to Brazil? Yeah, where I was born at. So I don't want to, you know, contribute to that. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So obviously there's like, you know, stuff that I wish it was different about Japan. Yeah. But it doesn't really bother me to the point that I will like, you know, want to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, because I think it's a very safe country for one. Like, yeah, like I, I feel very secure here. To me, in Japan, everything works. Yeah. It's very safe. You can pay your bills at a convenience store. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, very safe. One it's... time I lost our, lo- our our key to the locker that had literally all of our possessions. Oh my god, it. can I talk about it? Yeah. I I told him this person. Like I I just told him, "Okay, whatever happens, don't lose this." <laughs> was it a key or a piece of paper? It was a key. No, no, I think it was a piece of paper that I think had it was a piece of paper. It was a piece right? of paper that had the code on it cuz yeah. if it was a key, I wouldn't have lost it. I told her. Whatever happens, don't <laughs> lose this piece of paper. And I gave I it to him because I know I'm aware that I can easily, you know, lost, lose it. And then, yes, the end of the day, he lost it. And then, you know, but like what? It took us like 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Like we called the person. <clears throat> they unlocked the locker for us. They made a joke about them not thinking that you were a foreigner when you were making the phone call to them. Mm-hmm. And then we got our shit back. So it was really easy, fast, convenient. Nobody got mad at us. Yeah. Which I think it would be very different in other countries. Yeah. I mean, for instance, like I have a phone bill that's due in two days. I'm going to bring that to, to fucking the convenience store tomorrow on my way back home from work. I'm going to pay it. If I was in America, I'd have to do it through the fucking internet or through a phone call or in person. Like I know in Japan that like no matter what I do, <laughs> whether it be an Amazon call or... Some stupid shit like that. I can just like go to the store and like mm-hmm. get it over with whenever mm-hmm. I want. So overall, I think Japan is a good country. I really think Japan is a good. I mean, I I like it here. Yeah, it feels like home. To I me. agree. I I I. It also feels like home to me, and I've only been here for a matter of mm-hmm. years in comparison to you. But I mean, there are problems here. But I guess you know there's pl- problems everywhere. everywhere. And so. the problems here seem so less extreme than everywhere else. Because, mm-hmm. like, what? People are panicking about our COVID cases that are barely over 2,000 people in the whole country. Mm-hmm. In America, it is literally 100,000 times that mm-hmm. much. So, you know, I just feel like, yeah, I mean, things are not always perfect here. There's issues of nationalism <laughs> and racism. But at the same time, I exist here as a foreigner. Yeah every day and I experience limited trauma so on that note um, I think we need to have a cigarette <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Yeah, so let's have a cigarette, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to really talk about the foreigner experience here. Drunker and drunker. Are you gonna pour me a shot of whiskey or what? Or are you just gonna leave me out to dry? I'm not working tonight. Yeah, I'm not. I well, I'm not working tonight, but I have to work tomorrow. But give me a shot of whiskey anyway, because I I really think we're gonna go to the bar after we finish recording this <laughs> at this point. Yeah, and annoy the master. I love him. Me too. He's kind of cute. Not really. <laughs> I mean, he's cute in his own little special way. Hi, Jack. Kampai. Kampai. Oh, God, that was rough. Maybe I don't need to go to avoid note after all. What were we talking about? Well, we're about to start a new topic. Because mm-hmm. um, in the traditional format of I'm So Popular, it's two, ep- two topics every episode. Okay. And I kind of distanced myself from that. I was talking about a lot of art and media specifically, but mm-hmm. I actually think there's a lot of value in approaching two topics and then comparing them and discussing them in tangent Mm -hmm. so next we are going to talk about foreigners foreigners yes foreigners and what it means to be a foreigner in japan yeah and for anyone who doesn't know a foreigner in japan is a gaijin yes gaikokujin so when you first came here yeah how strong was your feeling that you knew you were a foreigner like how how intense was that feeling for you i look foreigner right i didn't speak japanese at the time so it was pretty obvious and um how did it affect me yeah was it tough i mean yeah in a way yes I left all my friends, all my toys, and my dog in Brazil. Mm -hmm. So I needed something to fill that space. Yeah. Right? That was left in Brazil. Uh, Did it make sense at all? No, it did. And because you're a Libra, you also want to talk a lot. But because you were still learning language, I imagine it would be very difficult. I'm not learning. I'm just okay with my grammar being very bad in English. (laughs) 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 Sorry. But... Did it affect me? It just made me it mm, it just made me want to learn Japanese. For that that's kind of how I feel as well. Yeah. Because every day I talk to someone in Japanese and I don't like feel like I'm really expressing myself. It makes me want to get better. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, and we already t- kind of touched this in the first half, is that Japanese is a language that does not really allow you to fully express yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, and yeah, I'm fluent in Japanese. Yeah. It's it's been like twenty years since I'm living here, but still, I have problems expressing myself in Japanese, and I don't know why. It's just impossible for me to show my personality yeah. in Japanese. Yeah, like for people like Kanan, it's okay because she's been outside Japan. But she also says it's kind of impossible for her too cause because when, she's been outside Japan and y- she found yeah. herself. Yeah, because when she was in Canada mm-hmm. and away, she kind of learned to talk about her own existence in a way that is very different from the way that you yeah. can discuss it in Japanese. Mm-hmm. 
It's true. Yeah. And I mean, for me, when I have to, like, translate my entire existence into a different language, I find that, like, you know, like I said earlier, I have to be really ironic about it and I have to be very aware of the way I'm presenting myself. Um, It's just very different from how I would ever try to talk about myself in English. You know, to me, the easiest thing, I mean, the easiest way to deal with it was to actually make another personality. I know that sounds kind of bad. I'm not faking when I'm speaking in Japanese with Japanese people, Mm -hmm. but it's a different persona. I think that anyone who speaks more than one language experiences that. I would say it's a simplified version of myself. Simplified? Yeah. Yeah. Because just because I cannot get into, you know, deeper aspects of my personality... Only because it's super hard or impossible to say those feelings in Japanese. Yeah, because when you're speaking English, you're able to particularly a lot of, um, is particulate a word? It is. Is it? Yeah. Well, we're going to decide it is for now. (laughs) Particularly. (laughs) You're able to particulate, um, a lot of very complicated and difficult portions of your identity into much difficult much more difficult language mm-hmm. you know and in japanese it doesn't really allow you so much of an opportunity right yeah that is super true and both of us work in um workplaces in which we have to be constantly communicating in japanese yeah in japanese <laughs> yes. obviously and um i find that i i'm always like performing and presenting like way more than i ever would than in english or a different language what do you mean like when i'm speaking japanese at the bar i know i'm speaking japanese i know i'm sp- i'm doing a character do you think in japanese when you're speaking in japanese yes Okay. Uh, it wasn't like that at first. At yeah. first, when I was learning, I would think in English and then try to convert it in mm-hmm. English in my head to Japanese. But the more that I was doing this job, the more... And, and I mean other things as well. Like The more I was communicating with my boyfriend in Japanese, like the less I started trying to translate and the more I just started like, spitting out and like vomiting Japanese on people. You got used to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the same for anyone who like lives here long term. <clears throat> is that like... Their grammar might be shit, or, like, their, like, word choice might be, like, garbage, but, like, they are throwing the content out Mm -hmm. there to be perceived. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if that ever, like, when or if that ever clicked for you, like, when you started, like, not worrying about your grammar, you just started speaking Actually, last year, on December. When what? I started working Only at the bar. last year? Yes, because it was the very first time in my life uh, that I needed to speak in Japanese every day. Yeah. I mean, I've been to uh, um, all Japanese people school Yeah. for the first six months that I lived in Japan. Mm-hmm. And after that, due to my father's job, we have to transfer to a, another city, which was closer to Nagoya. Then everything was different. The kids were super mean because they were used to foreigners and there was like, they didn't like foreigners. Yeah. So, um, and after that, I moved to Iga. In Mie. Yes, where I did Chugako, which is... Uh, junior high school. Yes. The four years of junior high school. Uh, three years. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, I started working, like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, really, I'm 
not actually talking all the time when you work in a factory, right? Yeah, because, I mean, you're just minding your own business and doing yeah. what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's the very first... And I've never had, like, you know, Japanese friends. Right. That many. Yeah. So, it's... Yeah, now is the first time ever in my life that I get to speak Japanese every day. And now is also the first time that I mean, since December, I realized that, like, I don't think in in English while I'm speaking in Japanese. Yeah. This is super weird because I actually never studied English. I know. I, I mean, I feel like your base mode is kind of English, isn't it? Like, you know, it's super weird. I don't know why, but whenever, like, you know, if I have to write something down, like, really quick, it's English. Huh. I have no idea why I see my dreams in English. Yeah. I don't know why. I know my English is not perfect as well, but, you know, still, I don't know. It's just easier for me to express in English. And talking about, like, you know, what we were talking earlier, I think my personality is a little bit different when I'm in speaking in Japanese. Yeah. Like I said, it's like a simplified version of me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I caught myself laughing about things that is n- they're not funny. It's not interesting at all. to me as no. a human, but... But when I'm speaking in Japanese... At that moment, I just laugh at those jokes that, like, in reality, I'm like, what? You know? Yeah. That's not me. So it's confusing sometimes. No, I know exactly what you mean. Because um, I, I, I honestly, like, rarely think that any of the things people are saying to me when, like, I'm speaking in Japanese are, like, funny or interesting or, in- like, insightful at mm-hmm. all. But because you're speaking the language and you have to, like, participate in the culture, even if you, like, you're not someone who came from speaking that culture, you kind of just have to get with it, you know? It's rough. To me, it's just really like a switch. It happens naturally, and I don't realize when it clicks. I mean, you've seen me. You've been to my bar, like, several times. So maybe you've seen... Several is an understatement. I've been near your fucking bar more times than I count. I have at least, like, in percentage terms, I have given your bar, like, at least 1% of its revenue. <laughs> Probably. But anyway, maybe you've seen how I talk to Japanese people there when yeah. I'm at work. Yeah. I'm not being fake or anything, but it's just, like, you know, that other personality that yeah. other side i have no idea how to put that in words no, no i know what you mean it's like you have two different personae when you're speaking different languages yeah maybe just people who are actually in my shoes will fully understand what i'm yeah. saying but yeah it's weird do you think that your english and your portuguese persona are, are very different or are they more similar when it comes to English and Portuguese, I don't think there's such a difference, but still I prefer English. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because, you know, Conlon and I have been to a variety of your Brazilian functions, you know. And every single time we're there, Conlon and I are the only ones who are, like, completely illiterate in Portuguese. We can't do any of it, you know. And everyone can still kind of, like, all the the Brazilians, they can kind of find a level with each other, even if their dialects are different, even if, like, their cultural terms are different. Like, they're all on the same level, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And uh, the, meanwhile, there's Conan and I sitting on the other end of the table, which is, like, looking at everyone, trying to understand the joke. But, like, do you, do you think I'm 
I'm acting different when I'm surrounded by no. Brazilians? No, I I mean, I in Japanese, I do see that, like, you have more of an affect to your personality. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, I still understand very deeply that it's like, oh, it's the Gustav affect. Like, I still mm-hmm. understand, like, you're kind of making a humorous point about your language mm-hmm. while you do it, you know? But in Portuguese, it's like exactly the same as English, the way you speak, at least in my eye. Anyway. Right. Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah. But somehow, still easier for me to, you know, if I have to write down something really quick, it will be in English and I have no fucking idea why. I mean, I um, I keep all my notes in Japanese because, you know, I'm trying to study more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand your point. Yeah. I, no, no, I agree with you because, like, if I was trying to be most simple, I would e- definitely mm-hmm. write in English. But because I'm trying to, like, get my Japanese ability, to, like, up to snuff with everyone else, is I like, try to write all my notes in Japanese mm-hmm. and I try to write them with kanji when I can, you know, in the Chinese characters when I can understand mm-hmm. it. But, it, you know, it's fucking tough. Mm-hmm. Can you even... How much, like, can you read and write in Japanese? Are we talking about percentage? Um, well, I mean, I, I think it's different. Because, like, when you're messaging someone, it, it it's much more easy. But, like, when you're reading a book, it's different. I've, I don't read, so... Yeah, I know. You don't read. You do not read. I usually don't have a problem reading. Uh-huh. But when it comes to writing... That's the problem. Since I started using my cell phone for everything, yeah, you don't handwrite anymore. Well, it's the same with most Japanese people, even like outside of you. Like all of them, since like the last like ten years, like cannot write nearly as much kanji as they probably were able to like thirty years ago. For example, her friend Canon is a good example. Yeah, it's not because like you know she's stupid or anything like that, but it's just like something you're not used to do every day anymore. Yeah, because she grew up in this era where yeah. she doesn't have to do it every day. Exactly. So, yeah. When it comes to writing, I have problems even writing hiragana, I'll say. Right. And for those who don't know, hiragana is one of the primary character sets. There's like three in Japanese. Yeah. Hiragana, katakana, and kanji. Hiragana is like kind of what they use for a lot of grammar and for a lot of like spelling of words that you may not already know. And then katakana is what they use for foreign words or kind of for italics. And then kanji is for all, basically everything. Mm -hmm. It's for all the nouns, all of the verbs. It's like basically what the main core of words are. And then hiragana is what they use Uh for conjugation. And people are always very intimidated by that. But I mean, if you like learn like hiragana and katakana, like when you start, like it's not that bad. No. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah but yeah mm. have you had a difficult time as a foreigner while also being kind of like gender non-specific in public not really because i think i'm aware that mm-hmm. i look different yeah i'm aware that like you know everything about me drags attention like the way i walk the wig the, everything. the shoes the everything. jacket everything yeah, so basically those people who are listening probably don't know what I look like, but right now I'm wearing a blonde wig and I have tattoos all over my body. Yeah. I have a beard, which is not common in Japan. I'm taller than most Japanese people. So anything I do, anywhere I go, I will stand out. Yeah. No matter if I want it or not. Mm-hmm. I can't be just normal. Yeah. I look like a foreigner. Right. I'm tall. I am like this. So I I just learned how to deal with it. Um I was I was always aware that I look different in 
all fucking aspects. So it never really, you know, bothered me. I never had a big problem. Yeah. I think sometimes it's hard. Like sometimes people wouldn't take you serious. No, I know what you mean. In certain circumstances, but you can fix that just by the way you speak. Yes, because I mean, for instance, I think about when we locked our... uh, Sorry, not you. This was entirely my responsibility. Mm -hmm. When we locked our bags in that uh, locker and I lost the, the piece of paper that had the code on it. And when you called the guy, he assumed you were Japanese because they were speaking. But then when he met you, he was like, sh- he was shook. Mm-hmm. And he brought it up. Like, I get that all the time. Like, for example, if I work in a bar right now. So sometimes, like, you know, people will call to make reservations. And when they actually show up, they're very surprised to see me there. Because they're like, oh, are you the person that I was talking with? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know. Like I said, if you speak in a certain way, people, you know, give you credit, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they kind of do, because if you look foreign and you're speaking good Japanese, or they, they kind of... They'll know you're serious Yeah. about what you're talking or what you're doing. Right. But if I was at some of the level of some of my friends who live here who, like, kind of speak just, like, basic Japanese, mm-hmm. and I was trying to do my job mm-hmm. where, like, my entire existence is to, like converse and they have a fun time with people mm-hmm. it wouldn't work why um well i i think that like the nature of a bar job is that you have to kind of prove your friendliness and your charisma to people you have to show them that you're like a interesting fun person to chat well, with right and if you can't do that in in the mm-hmm. language it, it becomes much more difficult i don't know about you know anywhere else in the world but working in japan in a bar the bar i work at to be specific yeah i have to be an entertainer all the fucking time yeah, me too everything yeah like i you know i did work in the bar bar piece. Right, the, right, the place I'm at. Twice, I uh-huh. guess. But at the time, I didn't have so as much experience as I have now. But yeah, it's a performance, everything you're doing. Absolutely. Like, Zach works in the place, like, Barpis is a place that, like, you sit next to a client and you have to entertain the client, like, you know, while you're there. Yeah, very personally. Yes, yeah, super personally. But to me, we also have the barrier, which is the bar counter. So yeah. we're not that close. It's a little bit different, but it's very similar in in a way. You know right. what I mean? But because both of us are interacting with these Japanese customers like as foreigners. Yeah. How often do you get the question like, oh, how long have you been here? Like, what? where are you from? Like that kind if of it's question. a new, qu- uh, new customer. Yeah, a new customer, for instance. All the time. Every time. Every new customer. Every time. And if I'm the one attending them, they will ask me. Yeah. In America, it's totally different. If you have an accent or if you have a lisp or if you sound like maybe you're not like specifically from that place, like mm-hmm. people kind of just like acknowledge that you mm-hmm. are not that, you know, you're not American. You, you may not be a born American, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they still kind of see you as an American and they don't really address it ever. I mean, like I said, I, lo- I know I'm aware I look different. Right. Especially in this small town we live. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, yeah, it's too much for two. I'm aware of that. So I know I'm ready for those questions. So I already have the answer. When you've had to do it for 20 years now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And I mean, even when I'm at the bar, I have like my prepared answers of like, oh, like, uh, usually if someone asks me where I'm from, I like make a little fun, cute game of it where I ask them like where I think they're from. Mm-hmm. And they always say they think that I'm from Russia. Mm. They think I'm from Russia because I'm so skinny. You're skinny, you're tall, and probably you're always wearing a blonde wig. Often a blonde wig. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I can get the Russian vibes. Do you think it's hard to be a foreigner in this country? To me, no. But also, I had the privilege of learning the language in a... When I was really young. Right. So, but... I don't know if, for example, on other people, pers- uh, their perspective, perspective. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Well, I think maybe so. But I mean, it depends on like you know what were your, how do you say that, your expectations mm-hmm. before you came to Japan. Right. I think that that's important too, because mm-hmm. I I personally understand that like yeah, if you come to America and you have an accent, like, it's not that big of a deal. But in other countries, they're going to like be curious and they're going to care mm-hmm. about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I do think it's irritating to have to be, like, asked every single time where I'm from and have to talk about it. But simultaneously, like, what what are you going to expect, you know? That's why I accepted the fact that I do look different and I'm super aware that, like, you know, people are going to ask those questions, so I just have it ready, so, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, sometimes if I'm not varying the mood, I will be very blunt. Oh, no, I get it. Because, like, when if I have had, like, three bad customers in a row, and then someone wants to harass me about my nationality, mm-hmm. I get annoyed. Yeah, you can get when people are asking out of curiosity or when they have something, you know, malicious. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. Because a lot of people, when they're asking you, they're not asking you because they're curious. They're asking you because they have an agenda. Mm. To me, it's mostly out of curiosity. Me too. And they ask, because, you know, it's not all the... Maybe I can actually say that I am the only foreigner bartender in two. Probably. It's definitely... I mean, there there might be some snack bars here and there that have someone else, but, like, you are one of the only bartenders who is, like, actively a foreigner, and your appeal and your image kind of comes from that as well. Yeah, yeah, I never thought of that actually until now. But I think I'm the only one. In yeah, two. I think it's it's very possible. Yeah, yeah. In other bars, you can go and f- see like you know somebody in you know working there and they're foreigners. But it's a different case because I'm I'm the main bartender. Right now, yeah. So I think I'm the only one. So yeah, and I do. Uh, yeah, so you know. Those people will go to bars and they, they will, like, you know, see a Japanese person or something like that. Yeah. So I'm aware that this is something new to them. So, yeah, I just have the answer on the tip of my tongue and it's not a problem to me. No, but the other thing is, is that, like, both of us can speak. You are fluent in Japanese. Mm-hmm. I can speak enough mm-hmm. is how I describe myself is I can speak enough. Mm-hmm. And so we both have enough, like, charisma, power, and mm-hmm. language ability to be able to, like, work in a bar and converse. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people who come here don't catch up. Mm-hmm. And they have to work more menial, demanding, hurtful, mm-hmm. like, capitalist jobs mm-hmm. underneath that shit. Mm-hmm. And you were doing that for a long time, too. I, I've been in the bar for only a year. But... I know. So before that, you were in factories yeah, for how many years? 15. Yeah. 
It's it's difficult, isn't it? I don't know because maybe maybe it's a Libra thing of mine, but I get used to things and I just go for it. Yeah, you know, I just me too. Even if it's some parts of it are annoying, but I'm like, really, but really, I'll maybe <laughs> maybe it's easier if I just get used to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, it always is. And I, I find that working in a bar or working with other people or doing that kind of like entertainment service job, it's a lot more entertaining than doing like manual labor or like the kind of like stuff where you have to focus oh, sure. all the time. Yeah. It, it, it's much easier. But mm-hmm. we're both very lucky that we have at least like an energy or charisma behind us to do that because mm-hmm. most people do not. At least with the foreigners, like the Brazilians and the Filipinos who come here, like they can only do manual labor factory mm-hmm. jobs. I think if it wasn't for my charisma, um, charisma, I wouldn't be hired. Yeah, for this job. I feel the same. Mm. Yeah. And I- I've been there for a year, and yeah, next thing, my boss wants me to run another bar by myself. So I really believe I'm doing a good job. So is that gonna happen? Yeah. When? I don't know if I can talk about it, but on, on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> Next year. Like, near the place it's at now? That I don't know yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. But God, he wants I to... would live for that. I would only go there. <laughs> I, I can't deal with Especially that. because he wants he wants to make sure that they op- uh, I run a place that I want to open. Cute. You know what I mean? Well, then I can work there too in drag, so. Yeah, like, seriously. So you can expect going to my place and seeing me. Well, I need the opportunity, so... In drag. Yeah. Gustav, this has been a very full conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. You're welcome. I uh, will be back next week with more content of some sort. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm I'm just happy that people like you and faggots are in my life who are doing uh, things that are inappropriate you. outside of their normal realm. Mm-hmm. Because if you really think about it, like both of us are extreme faggots. Yes. And we are out here in conservative Japan mm-hmm. doing something. Mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. Yeah, me too. It I'm makes proud. me it makes me think that there there may be a little bit of a bright future after all. Mm-hmm. So, um to that all I have to say is uh ja. Mata ne. Mata na.